Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special mini-series, Secret TV Critic, with me and Andy. Hello! Woo! This is the special fake TV critic spin-off mini-series little limited thing, <laughs> where we're covering <laughs> secret celebrity... I already messed with RuPaul's secret celebrity <laughs> drag race. Ooh, I, I still hate the title. I still hate it. Welcome, Andy, all the way from the middle of this godforsaken country in Ohio. Hi, Andy. Uh, yuck, don't remind me. <laughs> no one no one needs to be here or wants to be here. Trust me. All right, so last week was episode two, and what the hell happened? Um, Poppy Love, who we have deduced is AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys, won for the second week in a row. And um, who went home? <laughs> Um, Electra Owl. Yes. Electra Owl, who was revealed to be Taylor Dane. Taylor to my heart. She went home. <laughs> and now we are left with seven, quote unquote, secret celebrity <laughs> drag queens who are all competing for $100,000 to be donated to a charity of their choice. And this week's theme is money, honey. And you can give me your opinions on this because, like, I kind of thought based on the first two weeks that it was going to not be this. <laughs> I kind of thought yeah. that it was going to be, like, focusing on the, like, the parts of drag. Like, the first one seemed was obviously, like, a lip sync. The second, they seemed to focus on the dancing and choreography. So I kind of thought that they were going to do, I don't know, like do your own makeup or make an outfit or hosting or roasting or, you know, any of the drag race challenges that are like what drag queens do, but that's not the case. They're just lip syncing to songs about money, kind of. <laughs> right, yeah. I thought it was going to be something different too. Like I thought maybe they would have them like make a thrift accessory out of and make it look expensive or, you know, something like that. You know, maybe not a whole outfit, but, like, I don't know, a scrunchie? Like, I don't know. I just <laughs> felt like you could have done anything to make it more relate to, like, the drag process than just having them lip sync to money songs. Because I think that's what was Poppy's downfall. Because she was mm -hmm. just like, I peaked, and now you want me to go backwards and pretend like I don't know what I'm doing again? Like, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, this was very... Uh, the, the theme of this episode itself is super basic. And as basic as it is, they still all didn't follow it. <laughs> it I don't even think anyone understood the theme after watching it. Yeah, so, like, RuPaul's explaining it at the beginning, and she's like, this week's theme is money, honey, because it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that bling. And I'm like, okay, so I don't understand. And then I was even more confused because the first celebrity is Poppy Love, and her song was 9 to 5, which is not about money. And the clip package was all about jewelry. <laughs> And it's not that blingy of a necklace. No, so it wasn't. So I was just like, I don't really understand why we're focused on that here because this is very bizarre. I, I, I was very confused. But I, I, I mean, I guess the th like, I guess the, the theme is making money because you're going to work nine to five. And I guess like that's what. Yeah, I mean, I understood that that's how that related. But it seemed to me like Poppy was just as confused as to what she was supposed to be doing to make that part of it eminent as the part of the performance you're supposed to be paying attention to. Cause she was like, I can do better than this if we didn't have to follow this theme. Yeah. Like I have a theory that the mentors who, as a reminder, are Jujubee, Brooklyn Heights and Monet. I feel like it was their misunderstanding. Cause if you look at who the mentors were for the songs that were not actually about money. So like Poppy Love, Millie Von Sunshine and Jackie Wood are all Jujubee's mentees. And all of those are about working, not about money. Oh, right. Okay. Or bling. Like it was nine to five, work from home, and work bitch. None of those are about money. Yeah, so is it like a lost in translation thing? <laughs> yeah. Jujubee like, not really getting that this is supposed to be about like pimping out your outfit and like... Exactly. Being a rich bitch? Like, I, I don't know. Right. Or was it just like, we're going to pick songs that we want to, 
do or that we want our queens to do or that we like doing in drag and just put jewelry on them. It's so it was so weird. Yeah, there was missteps. Let's just say that. Very much. But let's start with Poppy Love, who, as we said, is AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Not revealed, but we know. If you know, you know. <laughs> Doing um, 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton and says, when I think of bling, I think of jewelry. And like, ooh, deep thoughts with Poppy Love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, okay, so they did, as much as I thought this episode kind of had some missteps like we already talked about. They added some things in to pad out the time since we've lost two queens that I thought made it a much more overall interesting show, and we'll get to some of those. But part of it, I think, is we got more from the mentors. Yeah. Um, we we saw more of, like, Monet Exchange, I literally last week forgot that she was on this show because she they didn't really show her interacting with her drag daughters at all in the first couple of episodes. Like, it was very quick. And we got to see a lot more of her and, like, some backstage stuff as well, which I thought was great. But <laughs> with Poppy's package, it starts with this critique that Juju gives her to make it more musical theater. And I don't... Why? How? Like... She literally did a song from a movie musical last week. She did burlesque. How how do you make burlesque more musical theater? And then on top of that, 9 to 5, in case anyone did not know this, was turned, the movie was turned into a musical featuring the song 9 to 5 and a new score by Dolly Parton. So, like, the musical theater gene is present in poppy love so i'm just very confused by juju be make it more musical what the fuck does that mean and also have you not been paying attention i think juju b just doesn't know how to critique somebody who's already good so i think she just was looking for something to say but i do i do agree with um like what rue said is you know you just have to like sissy that walk more like i understand that like there's certain parts where you can tell that she's really concentrating on the performance and just needs to like loosen up a little and have fun in a feminine way yeah um i mean the critique was basically the judges wanting to say be gay (laughs) without saying that like they wanted to be like get in touch with your inner fag and but they can't say that on vh1 right right if this was on paramount plus or not yeah paramount plus or wow presents plus maybe but their critiques which this was not a bad performance it just was for sure the weakest of her three so far and it just, like, was confusing, and I don't think that that was helped by B. So I think this was just, like, AJ or Poppy not knowing, like, how to get better because, like, what do you do after getting an 11 out of 10? And then also by confusing input from B. And then, like, this outfit isn't the greatest... I don't know. The whole thing was, like, just a little weird. It was weird. She was styled as if it was I Love Lucy, but it was Dolly Parton. That was strange. And then also, like, 9 to 5 already tells a story. The song already tells a story, but that's not the story that the performance told. Yeah. Like, the performance was basically, like, Poppy sitting at the typewriter and typing, like, in an office, which, okay, 9 to 5, yeah, we're there. We're working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. But then, like... The whole point of 9 to 5 is about, like, the grind of going to work. But then it transforms into this, like, sex fantasy where she's, like, taming men on leashes and, like, becomes a fantasy dominatrix. Like, that's not what the song is. I think she was trying to interpret it as, like, the women overcame the men in Mm -hmm. the office. But, like, I don't know. It was just... just I feel like there was a campier way that this could have been told that would have been more successful because like I'm sorry the, when I whenever I think of the word camp like a few things come to mind and one of the first ones is Dolly Parton like when you think of what campy is it's like yeah. divine John Waters and whatever happened to baby Jane and Dolly Parton, like Dolly Parton is the living embodiment of camp. She is over the top. She is she is a drag queen. She is the epitome of drag queen as well. 
So to like right. have this, this performance was just very strange. Like, I feel like they should have embraced the dolliness of it, and instead they went in like a weird sexual direction that didn't match the styling. Although I will say that was maybe the best padding I have literally ever seen on a drag queen. I think they consistently pad her very well. Like they like to the point that the judges even comments on it. Michelle was like, "It's like two turkey legs." Because <laughs> it, it was like the, there were no seams, there was no bulging, there was no lines, no panty lines, nothing. It was just like someone had stuck turkey legs to her, and it it looked great. Yeah, but it was just weird. I don't. I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it. I, it just was disappointing comparatively, and. Yeah. We know she can do better. Maybe that's why they had her go first. Because they were like, this ain't it. So we'll just have everybody kind of forget about it. I, I don't know. Make Maybe. her play safe this week. I don't know. Yeah, but and we can move on because like, this was boring and we don't yeah, and but there's more. There, there's more interesting shit that happens with Poppy backstage that happens later that, I, that we will talk about. Second up is Millie Von Sunshine, who, as I mentioned, is also Jujubee's mentee. And the song that she's doing is Work From Home by Fifth Harmony. Again, not about money or bling. Um, last week... My uninformed guess was Constance Wu, which I know is not correct because she's too famous for the show. Um, I have a new guess this week. Okay. And it's a little obscure, but it's in like the gay family, which is why I think it could be this person. It's Kimiko Glenn. Do you know who that is? Kimiko Glenn was uh, Brooke Soso on Orange is the New Black. I... It's her. It has to be her. <laughs> like, and she also And you is... know what? I That is the face that I see in my head. Because as soon as I put her in, I was like, that's the face that I picture when I see... It has to be. I'm so, so into that guess. Okay, me too. Because Kimiko also is a Broadway actress. She was in Waitress on Broadway. So I think that might be why I had that moment last week where I was like, I feel like I have seen you in this musical world, is that I have definitely seen clips of Kimiko Glenn in Waitress. Um, okay. The only thing is, we did find out last week that Kimiko, or not that Kimiko, that uh, Millie Von Sunshine was ma- is married recently, quote unquote, which again, we said could mean within five years or five days. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything on if Kimiko Glenn was married or not. So, mm-hmm. but, but that's a really good guess. It's though. thank you. I thought so too. So that's who I'm going with at the moment is Kimiko Glenn from Orange's The New Black. So again, the song we're doing is Work from Home. Do you want to describe what this is? Because I, I hated this one too. <laughs> no, I, first of all, this was the worst ever. Of all things, <laughs> I'm glad Don't that you get... thought so too. I felt crazy, but go ahead. <laughs> no, first of all. If somebody, I in this is for anything performance-wise across any genre. Do not give somebody a tear-off that requires seven steps. Just don't do it. Right, a tear-away if should not have to be untied. Exactly. If you are having that much struggle in, you know, practice, it should never make it to the show. Put some fucking Velcro on the belt and let her rip it off. Like, that was not her fault but also like this whole mess of choreography just was a premonition for how bad this whole thing was gonna go don't have 900 wires we're not in some kind of laser secret spy mission trying to crawl through a room you know with and not get shot so that our heads pop off i don't know the whole thing was stupid i didn't like it it was very stupid i did not understand it at all um, it was, so Millie Von Sunshine is in, like, hair curlers and a painted on, like, face mask, like, as if she, like, uh, what are the, uh, like, clay mask that's been painted yeah, on her face. Yeah. So her whole face is painted, like, turquoise, which Michelle said looked good. I thought it looked, like, hot garbage. But the good thing is, it did make me, I could see her face more than usual, and that's why I guess Kimiko Glenn is because I was like oh she looks Korean like not just Asian like I'm getting more specific I'm like that she looks Korean like she looked like Margaret Cho actually that's who I thought it was I'm like but this person's clearly much younger than Margaret Cho yeah Um, but anyway but then like was wearing a bathrobe and then was talking on the phone who and then 
what had backup dancers and then ripped off the robe and was wearing a leotard covered in hair curlers. I was so confused. Yeah, I don't. I was so confused. Nothing looked good. The leotard looked stupid. The robe, as we said, did not come completely off. The makeup was a no. The wig had hair curlers in it. And it just, it looked sloppy and weird. And it made her look big. Like, the leotard when she took yeah. off made her look big. And First of all, like, you're... I don't understand this, like, because... <laughs> It's not funny camp to just put her in an outfit made of rollers. Like, we're, if you want to be funny about it, like, you were working from home, so let's, like, dress like a normal person would wear and then rip right. it off to reveal lingerie because you're actually, like, just waiting for your significant other to come home since you're already there. Like, that would have made more sense to me. It but why are you ripping off... <laughs> ugly big ass robes to reveal an even uglier bigger <laughs> fucking roller covered swimsuit i don't get it the whole thing was so fucking weird and to make it even more confusing the in the package millie and jujube both said that they were really trying to go for something sexy. really sexy I know. and there was not a single sexy thing about this like she looked like a literal clown with the face makeup and then she's wearing a fucking leotard made of hair curlers. Whatever you're picturing in your head right now as you're listening to me describe that, I guarantee it's worse. <laughs> like, it made no sense. It was so stupid. There were too many silly, ridiculous elements for this to ever read as anything but comedy. And it wasn't successful comedy because it didn't make any sense. Yeah, like, if you're gonna go for... Mrs. Doubtfire, then stay in that lane. If you're going to upgrade <laughs> it to today, then you have to, like, make it make sense for today. Like, just none of this did. It just – and none of it was sexy. No. It was the opposite. Like, this is you caught your – 89 year old next door neighbor at 4am <laughs> sweeping off her porch when she's not meant to be caught like this I don't know <laughs> right this is the opposite of sexy like this is what they show you when you need to like when when you're if you're like aroused in class in high school and you have that image in your head that you think of to like make your boner go down it's this <laughs> it's this yeah. ugh okay let's move on because boo well <laughs> and she just like didn't even dance that well either like everything about it was awkward and it just because you could tell she was uncomfortable yeah and she even said so much she was like she was so flustered by the robe not opening perfectly on beat that it threw off everything and it was i wish she would have just kept the robe i wish the robe would have malfunctioned that she had to keep it on because it blech agreed okay third chick lefay uh breath <laughs> okay so we mentioned last week, we are 100% sure this is Kevin McHale from Glee. Um, the song he's dancing to is Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna, which it is so hard to say the name of that song without saying it in rhythm. In cadence, right. <laughs> Bitch Better Have Bitch My Money. Bitch Better Have My Money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, okay, I have so many feelings about this dance. First of all, the package in the package, Kevin McChick mentioned that she was not comfortable being sexy and they were really trying to up the sexy so i'm thinking like okay like knowing it's gonna be bitch better have my money i'm like oh she's gonna be like a sex worker like a hooker or showgirls the movie or something right right right. and then but i'm also thinking like <laughs> okay you're not comfortable being sexy but then take a second and go to kevin McHale's instagram his entire insta is thirst traps <laughs> Is it really? It is. Of him and his boyfriend, who are both very cute, very attractive, especially together. And, I mean, I don't. maybe he doesn't think of them as... The, I guess it's not, like, traditional thirst traps. Like, it's not him, like, in a Speedo standing in front of a mirror being like, mm, do you think I need to lose three pounds? But, like, it's... I mean, he's definitely shirtless a lot, and he definitely is attractive and, like, laying in bed a lot. <laughs> so that was awkward to me. But then when the song started... And he's dressed as a fucking Girl Scout. <laughs> I was like, I'm very, very confused. Because how are we sexual? Like, it was, it ended up being a perfect blend of camp and sexy, I think. 
But there was such a mental block at the beginning because he's literally behind a table selling cookies. And to see a Girl Scout selling cookies and then just start, like, dropping her booty and, like, pussy-pounding the floor and, like, pulling on her pigtails like she's in the S&M music video was just a little surprising. (laughs) But then, like, once I got into it, I was like, okay, this is actually very funny and also get it. (laughs) I loved it. I did, too. I, I mean, first of all, I just have to say that I thought she looked like Angelina. Jolie? <laughs> no. Pavarnik? From Jersey Shore, yes. <laughs> Wait, which one did you actually mean? From Jersey Shore. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't look like Angelina Jolie. I mean, she does. Yeah, she she did kind of look like Angelina. The What is she called? The Saturday Island Dump? Oh, my God. The hamster of Staten Island. You think I'm a dirty little hamster? (laughs) Yeah, dirty little hamster. But I just thought it was funny because when she first came out, that's who I thought she looked like. But, yeah, I mean, using Girl Scouts as, like, a sex symbol is a little... mm, (laughs) Yikes, considering how the world is today. But I thought it was hilarious. And easily the best performance of the night which easily. of course will be surprising later yes easily the best also they did completely different makeup on kevin and like the eyebrows were so wrong they were too thin but they had, the whole face looked great i thought yeah. um and then this also, there was, you know, universal praise, but it then also leads us into, like, an untucked kind of moment backstage that after Chick LaFay gets these uh, really strong critiques um, or strong praise, goes backstage where uh, Poppy and Millie are sitting. And they start to have this conversation where Poppy Love and uh, Chick LaFay kind of are asking each other, like, what their process is for learning the lyrics to their songs. Yeah, yeah. And it was so... It reminded me so much of being in college in theater classes. Of all people being like, well, I studied Meisner. Well, I studied Stanislavski. And then you're like, talk, well, what's your method? And, my, and I always sit in the corner and be like, my method is that I memorize my lines and then speak them like a fucking human being would. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and that's what this reminded me of because <laughs> Poppy is like, so when you're learning the words, do you sing it out loud to yourself or do you learn it from lip syncing? And Kevin, McHale, Chick LaFay, I... Kevin. Kevin is like, yeah, you know, I start off singing it out loud to myself, but then, you know, I realize that I'm going to have to change to lip syncing because I don't want to sing it while I'm on stage. And then AJ is like, yeah, you're right, because when you sing something, you're going to sing it the way that you learned it, but then you're if you lip sync it, you can put different... And it, like, it got into this whole like very esoteric conversation about how like if you sing something, you're going to perform it in a different way than if you don't sing it, which I found very interesting because I feel like that might be why Taylor Dane was so terrible on this show. Yeah, maybe. Like, there is a... And it kind of made sense that like when you are lip syncing you are more your character. And I think that was the whole thing that like Poppy was in her own head, AJ was in his own head, however you want to look at it, of being like, cause they've gotten this critiques of like, you need to be more in the character. And like what they meant by that is you need to be more feminine. Like you need to be more comfortable with the feminine parts of the performance. Um, and I think- Yeah, I mean, he... they just need to like, let that shit go and just tell them, pretend you're chewing a piece of bubble gum and trying to say like watermelon olive oil over and over and over again. But like, I I think in this case, like it's like the whole method acting conversation where AJ was thinking like, okay, maybe because I've been learning the lyrics by singing out loud, if I learn the lyrics by lip syncing, I'll, it'll be more as if I'm doing it as poppy. Right. No, because there's no voice attached to it, which was super interesting and super strange. And like, the fact that they're all sitting back there in full drag having this conversation was just so strange. No, I hope we see more of that because I liked seeing them backstage, like, interacting. And I just thought that, like, it was pretty cool that, you know, we got to see them interacting in that way just because 
previously, you know, you see them on stage, they kind of do their thing by themselves and then that's it. But I really like when we see, you know, kind of more of this background stuff. Um, and so I hope since they're weeding out characters that it's going to be even more of that stuff so that we can get answers to the questions of like, who's dressing them, who's padding them, who's makeuping them, you know, whatever. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so after Chick Fay is Jackie Wood, um, which we, again, last week deduced as Tom Felicia from the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And Jackie is dancing to Work Bitch by Britney Spears. And in the package, one of the things, Jackie knows that she's not good. And Juju, who is her mentor, knows that she's not good. (laughs) So her package is basically like advice from Juju of how to like not end up in the bottom, which didn't work. But (laughs) it's stuff like just when you make a mistake, just go with it. (laughs) Which like that is the worst thing as a theater person to hear that if you are at the point in a show where the director is like, if you make a mistake, just go with it. That means that they do not have the confidence in you to get it right. And they know that you're going to mess it up anyway, so please just make it look as natural as possible. Right. Like, we know you're not going to do this correct, so, like, just don't embarrass yourself. Like, you (laughs) could, like, be bad, but don't embarrass yourself. So, then Jackie says, I feel like my strong suit is having fun. Like, my strong suit isn't dancing, it's not lip syncing, it's having fun. And you look last, like you're doing anything but right last week on the podcast we both said how miserable jackie looks uh, that, yeah, like yeah, we weren't yeah. even sure if she was having fun that if tom was having fun doing this right <laughs> so i thought that was ridiculous then talks about how daunting and uses the word daunting drag is this is a swan song package if i have ever seen one this was so clearly someone who's like, I'm going home. <laughs> right, I know. But I feel like he's been acting that way since the very beginning. So it's just like, ugh. I mean, that's true. But to just like basically talk shit about the whole process. Be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have fun. But it's just, it's so daunting to get into drag and to learn the dances and to learn the songs. I'm like, oh, what the fuck did you think this was going to be? Right. <laughs> so weird. Um, also, I just get really annoyed that no one has said your chin should not be touching your chest the entire time you're doing anything. <laughs> So, don't push your whole head forward and down because that's not helping you. You're not taking a photo with everybody. You need to lift your chin up and have a neck. I wonder if that's like the awkwardness of the wig. Like if the like if the weight of the wig is like he hasn't learned how to walk with it and like that's how he thinks it's going to balance is just by like shrinking into it. I know, but it looks it, do, it does look crazy. And it terrible. does. It does. And it's just like, and then they put these monstrously huge necklaces on. And I'm like, you cannot do that. There's literally no more neck for things to wrap around. They're going to start just sinking into the middle of the chest cavity. Like, stop. Where are the V-necks so that we can try and elongate this whole thing? Contour up there. Like, do something to not make it look like his head was chopped off and glued back on top of his chest. Agreed. I mean, it, it looked like, what? what's the, you might know better than I do, what's the Disney movie that has the face carved into the tree? Is it Pocahontas? I, I think it's Pocahontas no where, like the, where like the tree is the grandmother and it's just like a face in a tree. Like I mean, that's, I know what you're trying to say, but yeah. Like that's what Tom looks like in drag. Kind of. Like, just like, there's, it's just like a flattened face. <laughs> like, he looks yeah. two-dimensional from the front. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and combined with the not trying, I, I don't know. It just, the pointing was so manly after they kept repeating to make it gay and fancy and feminine. And he's still pointing like he's a traffic, you know... <laughs> Uh, a traffic director. Cop. Yeah, like just pointing people to like drive which way. It's just like, oh, you pay. It was wild. And again, the story was not about money. Um, it was just like him 
I don't know, I guess going to work. Like, it ended with a suitcase. I didn't understand the point of this. No. And I also thought that it was so funny because they, they didn't tell us what the song was when Tom was complaining about how he had to learn so many words and he couldn't learn the words because there were too many of them. And then ended up being Work Bitch by Britney Spears, which has approximately six words. And two of them are Work, work Bitch. Work Bitch, over and over. <laughs> over and over. You better work, bitch. And you they're work, almost bitch. so intel- unintelligible that you could go, right. and you literally would look like you're singing the words. So I don't even understand like what like, was happening that was absolutely. so detrimental to he your ability could, to do this. He could absolutely be doing peas and carrots the whole time during the, you want a hot buddy? You want a Maserati? Like, no one would know. Just say peas and carrots. And no one's going to, like, you're just, mo- you can't, we can't understand what Britney is saying. Like, we, yeah, right. <laughs> So stupid. And then he still didn't know them. <laughs> still didn't know the words, even though this was terrible. I just, uh, I just am frustrated with him because I feel like he's set up to be better than this. And it's annoying that he's not taking advantage and just doing better. <laughs> like, Yeah, clearly his definition of I'm going to go out there and have fun is very different than what mine would be. <laughs> Right, right. I feel like this was like somebody said to him, hey, we're having a dress up party and we really think you should just come as a drag queen. And he was just like, all right. Yes, it's very butch queen first time in drags at a ball. Next up, we have Donna Bellissima, whose uh, mentor is Monet Exchange. And this is Danny Franzese from Mean Girls. And the song that she is forming to is I Don't Want It All by Kim Petras. And I want to talk that? about Kim Petras. I, you're an asshole. <laughs> um, Andy just came out of the closet in a now deleted segment of this episode. <laughs> and it's because I shamed her for not knowing who Kim Petras is. So now that you know Kim Petras... Um, what's your favorite Kim Petra song, Andy? Coconuts. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. Everyone go stream Slut Pop. And <laughs> justice for Problematique, that her album is stuck in limbo. I'm not happy about it. So <laughs> this song was fun because it actually had a story that was, get this, related to the theme of the episode. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine having a dance and a song and a whole story that's actually about money when the theme is money honey so the story of this is that basically donna is a spoiled little sugar baby who is demanding presents from her sugar daddy i mean listen i loved this whole thing because to me this was just like a Broadway version of Trisha Paytas. And, you know, she's oh my like my God. favorite YouTuber ever. But she this is if she were to have a good edit of like somebody doing a Broadway version of her life. Like, I just thought this was so cute. And that's how I related it in my own head. So I just thought it was cute. I mean, I get what they're saying with the props and all that. But listen, I'd watch this portion of the show 10 times over before I ever went back to even Poppy just because it was not as boring yeah I thought this was really fun and part of that is because Donna finally looked like she was having fun up there and it didn't matter that she was in crappy little kitten heels (laughs) it didn't matter um, that she was in a really ugly hoop skirt for no reason why? Why was Why that hoop there? Skirt? Why a hoop Why? skirt? I don't know. No one wears hoops above their knees. Like, I what is this? do not know. But she was having <laughs> so much fun and living her life and twirling Gone with the Wind fabulous. And it was fun to watch. I just really want all of Drag Race to answer the question of why they considered a crime to wear flats. Why can't people wear flats? I don't know, but also... As a big girl, like, there are better ways to wear heels than keep trying to wear skinny little, you know, fucking pixie sticks to walk on. Like, just wear some big platforms, and then you actually are flat-footed just up six inches. And then you look like you're wearing heels. Like, I don't understand. There's so many better ways. Because, listen, if I were going to walk in heels right now, because I haven't worn heels in probably five, ten years, I would 
if I put those on, they'd hurt my feet after an hour. If I you, put on platforms, I could wear them literally for the rest of my life and not even know. Did you wear flats for the wedding you were in this year? Uh, yeah, because Steph oh. told me I could wear whatever the hell I wanted, so I bought leather sandals that I just, like, slipped on. Great. I mean, like, and that's kind of, like, real drag queens, like, local queens, bar queens, queens that you can go see, like, anywhere in the country, <clears throat> they are not wearing heels. Not, like, many of them are, like Donna, big girls. Many of them are wearing flats because they're on, they're going to be on their feet all damn night. Yeah, they're and, wearing, like, those little beauty school Chinese slippers that they, right. like, fling off to the side when they decide to do tricks. Right. Like, I have I, I have seen drag queens locally wear ballet flats. I have seen them wear wedges. I've seen drag race queens live wearing wedges. I've seen Adore Delano live a couple times, and she wears, like, Converse's or no shoes. Like, the first time I saw her, she literally was running around the stage in tights. <laughs> like, yeah. feety tights. This whole idea that, like... Donna has to wear some kind of heel for it to be valid. Drag is so annoying. And I feel like that kind of carries over quite often into regular drag race. Where, like, even with platform shoes, they get red for them a lot. Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, I can understand when they look like... Um... I'm going to use a really, really old term. So if you're, you know, a Gen Z or younger, you're not going to even understand. But, like... I can understand when they complain that they look like waffle stompers, you know, and they just are humongous out of control and they're not even like slightly trying to be feminized. Do you know, do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? But, or horse hooves or whatever, unless that's like the specific look you're going for. But I don't understand like why this is more acceptable where you could see the side of her pinky toe busting out. You know, versus just wearing something where she could more comfortably move around and actually give a better performance because her feet aren't screaming. Yeah, but I mean, you could tell that she was at least more comfortable this week than she has been. So at least that's a step in the right direction. True, but I guarantee her feet still fucking hurt. Probably. Next up, we have Thirsty Von Trapp, again mentored by Monet Echange. And the song that they are dancing to is Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Do you have an opinion on this song? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, I mean, I like Ariana. Uh, Seven Rings isn't one of my favorites of hers, but I think that they, A, painted, dressed, and styled Thirsty better this week than any other week. And I think that made, like, a 90% improvement. I so, 100% agree. Like, the beat this week was fucking stunning. Yeah. Like, like it flawless. actually looked like his features but better kind of thing instead of just clown paint. Do you know who Paige Turner is? No. So she's a drag queen from New York that I've seen a few times um, in New Hope in New York and in Provincetown. If you want to Google her, feel free. But I felt like um, Thirsty looked a lot like Paige Turner. Um, where like it was it was kind of like a soft like Paige as a boy has very feminine features so she tends to usually do like a very soft beat but like with some pops of color and a very pronounced highlight on the cheekbones to make the cheekbones big yeah I see I, I googled so um, yeah. I see the similarity yeah um, and that's just as a reminder go support your local queens <laughs> so <laughs> This song, um, oh, actually, I have a new guest for Thirsty Von Trapp, and I think you know who this person is better than I do. Okay, give it to me. So, I don't actually know if I'm saying this person's name right, but I went on, I fell down a rabbit hole this week, um, and I remembered this move, like, with something completely unrelated to the show. And I was talking about stereotypes of gay people in pop culture. And one of the stereotypes or tropes is the gay best friend. And I was talking to someone, I was like, there's literally a whole movie about this trope and it's called GBF, gay best friend. So that was like in the back of my mind. So when I'm watching this, I was thinking about that movie and because there, there is the lead in that movie might be thirsty. <laughs> and it's Michael J. Willett, who was on Faking It on MTV. Didn't you watch that? I feel like I did, but I 
just I, I have to like... see this. Per- yes, I did, and now I see who you mean. Hold on, hold on, because I gotta get this in my head as maybe who that is. Okay, because I feel like was faking it a spinoff of Awkward, or were they just on back to back? I think it was just back to back because I don't okay. think Awkward was related. Okay, so this was a show that ran like three or four seasons on MTV. Not too long ago. And Michael J. Willett, I think is how you say his name, was also the lead in this movie GBF um, with uh, the girl who played Allison on Pretty Little Liars. And the skin tone, closer. And the mannerisms, potentially, yes. Um, But also, like, I don't know what Michael J. Willett's doing with his life. So that's why I feel like it could be him because, like, like I said last week, they're going to reveal this person and it's going to be someone I have no idea. I feel like it's going to be someone that I do not know at all. And that would fit with this. <laughs> like, because if it was someone who, like, is current in gay pop culture, I feel like I would know who they are. But he's not really. So it could be him. Yeah, and I definitely... You know what? I don't think I did watch. Did I watch Faking It? Like, it looks familiar, but the cover sheet for it doesn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I think that's a really good guess, actually. And I still don't have another one, so. Okay. Um, My only problem with this performance is that Thirsty did it. <laughs> because I don't like her. I just don't like her. And one of the notes I took is, I hope this person doesn't end up being someone I like because I can't stand how boring and dull and ugh this person is. <laughs> like, their clip package, they were so boring. I agree. In their clip package, like, no personality. I was like, monotone gay people confuse me in general. Like, I feel like one of the great things about being gay is that we are animated people. We are an animated people. And he is so... Like, in the past couple weeks has been so, like, flamboyant in a lot of ways. That to then this week be like... I was like, can you... I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Yeah. It's a a lack of energy that's, like, killing it. There's no energy at all. There's no energy in his emotion. There's no energy in his clip package interviews. There's no energy on stage. There's no... Like, there's just nothing there. There's no presence. Yeah. I almost wish that Poppy and Thirsty had switched everything. Like, that Poppy was doing this number? Yeah. Agreed. Because I think it would have fit better, and I think it would have been a better moment. And I think that with Thirsty paired with that other number, like, maybe it was originally supposed to be that way, and that we were they were just like, if you do this 9 to 5 number, you're going to fall so far down that we're not going to be able <laughs> to help you anymore. I don't know. Just because she looks so much better this week that I was, like, hoping that it would help and it does it does a lot because you know it's much better than whatever she was wearing before but like i don't know it's still just sad it's not fun the look was great but she just she feels like she's miserable up there like she when she was dancing in this episode she reminded me so much of when they do the straight guy makeovers on drag race yeah. And, like, they don't know how to walk in heels, so they, like, don't bend their knees. And they just have that, like, glower puss on their faces. <laughs> yeah. Because they're afraid to, like... Because, you know, as a man, you're not supposed to, like, smile and be happy. Because or that's not masculine. Yeah, or emote. Yeah, right. So then, yeah. like... But then so they just have this, like, painted face, and they're walking down, and they look like like a watercolor painting that you, like, that is dripping wet. You know, like, it's just... It's that they just look so miserable and uncomfortable and they all look like that guy um one of the boys that works out with mulan in the training camp (laughs) you know the guy with like the pure grumpy face all the time and they dress up as women like that's how i feel like she looks and the men the straight men doing you know the drag episode look too yeah it's just it's so i don't like her but she did look great. Yeah, so I well. mean, if she can, if she can overcome whatever's making her like act funny, um, then yeah, I think she could do better. But you know, right? Like, I'm glad that she improved this week, but like, I need you to improve more. <laughs> 
because now yeah. that now that the now that Jackie's gone, it's like you're next on my chopping block, Thirsty. Um, I'm just scrolling past because I I looked up another uh, thing so I could have their looks in my head. Yeah, I agree. Um, Thirsty, maybe Millie is down there too. Because yeah, Millie was bad this week. It was just. Awful. Although she was great the first two weeks. I'm hopeful this was just like a mistake. With- and it seems like they're going to try and send Donna to the bottom too, which I just don't agree with over top thirsty. So. Agreed. Okay, we'll final uh, contestant is Shocker Most 7. confusing of the night for me. Agreed. Thank you. We okay. need to discuss this because okay. I don't understand what's going on at all. Okay, so last week my guess was Tatiana Ali, um, which Andy thought was a good guess. I'm going to stick with it because I, I didn't really find I, – I do know that it's not Megan Good because Megan Good does not have – was my other guest last week, but she does not have kids and Tatiana Ali or Chakra 7 um, said that she – like this number was about having kids and Tatiana Ali does have kids. Um, okay. I thought that she looked in makeup this week a lot like Garcelle Beauvais. Yeah, but yeah. But like a younger version. Yeah. Um, and the song that uh, Chakra 7 is lip syncing to is Milf Money by Fergie, which I also hate this song. So that's just another thing. Yeah. And go ahead, go, go for it. You can start, and I will probably disagree with everything because I, yes, go. Okay, number one, is she pregnant that was literally or, the first question I have written down underneath the two. Is she pregnant? I'm so confused. That's my note. It first of all, it looks like a pad. So why are we pretending she's pregnant? Like I'm not. I don't understand that. Was it? What? Nobody touched on it. So I'm no. still not sure if that was supposed to be part of it. If she has some weird brace going on and that's why she's kind of been wearing voluminous clothes up until now so is this something medical is she actually pregnant is she not wearing a waist trainer and like this is the first time we're seeing it why is the rest of her so skinny if it's not pregnancy why did they fake it if it's not i don't understand yeah it was very like i assumed after i looked i was like okay this has to be part of the whole milf money thing like the whole but then again i had no idea what the story of this was I, like no, I was, I, don't. I, I have a note to ask you. Did she explain the story, and I wasn't paying attention, or is this just stupid because I don't get it? That's my note. I, know, I but literally I'm with have you. no idea. I don't. I don't know either. Like Can it was, we both just like nod off and not pay attention because it because was it's boring? the last one. Yeah, like it was so confusing. The styling was terrible. The like, what is with the bad facial makeup this season on the cis women? I, I, ugh, I don't what are they know. doing to these girls? Um, I, I did not understand the story. I hate the song. And like, all, with all that said, I will say for Chakra 7, she fully committed and was a lot of fun to watch. Like when they're trying, when they're telling Poppy to be more drag, basically, this is what they meant. They mean like, yeah. use your whole face, your whole body to... When you like for every word you are wrapping your lips around as you're lip syncing, use your whole face. Yes, and I agree that she did this. Um, this article that I have pulled up that kind of gives me a picture of everybody says mm-hmm. that she did mention that a big part of this performance is childbirth. Mm-hmm. I'm a mama. There are mamas out there holding it down for families. Blah blah blah. And then it says, um, she tore up the performance playing a no nonsense mom to be. So then make her look actually pregnant instead of questionably pregnant at five months. Right. And then again, what the fuck does this have to do with money? Like, just because the song is called MILF Money does not make it about money. Right. Just because a mother you'd like to fuck, you actually fucked, put your seed in and have a baby with, that's a totally different thing. That's I, a baby mama, not a MILF. It's you just, need to know the difference. Oh, it <laughs> like, was so weird. It was so weird. But then it also led again to an untucked moment backstage where Poppy, once again, was just so wildly jealous of Chakra <laughs> 7, like he was with Chick LaFay, of getting these positive critiques about tapping into that sassiness, that dragginess that RuPaul was mentioning. And yeah. it just was so funny that, like, Poppy wants that so bad. Like, Ru- <laughs> if this was regular drag race, this would be, and RuPaul gave Poppy that note in episode one, this would be a full season storyline of Poppy being in her own head. 
Yes. About this one comment about, what does that mean? How do I do it? She told you you did it. What did you do? Is it the way you lip synced? Is it the way you learned the song? Is it the pregnant belly? How can I get it? Like, I feel like this, they, they're wasting this on it not being regular drag race because they could have put Poppy on and then had like a, a season's worth of storyline until she made it to the finale and figured it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it, it was so funny. I agree. It was funny. And her... Her panic just makes me love her more because it's like, you know she's trying versus Tom, who right. is clearly screaming with tape covering his face. I want to give up. I want to go home. Right. <laughs> but the judges loved this, and I'm, I okay, whatever. To a whole degree more than anyone thought possible because they made her the equal winner with Chick LaFay. Wait, Not how? cool. How? Like, they announced the winner this week is Chick LaFay, and Kevin McHale was like, ooh, who, me, okay. I'm like, who the fuck else do you think was going to win? And then he walks off, and they're like, Chakra 7, you're also the winner. And I was like, are you, what? Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> like, uh, that was the weirdest out of left field thing. It almost looked like she was going to cry, so they just said it to a two-year-old about to have a tantrum so they didn't get upset or something. Like, it was such a weird reaction. Not that Chakra invited that type of right. babying. I'm just saying that it was very weird. And it makes no sense. Like, there's no reason to have two winners. The winners get nothing. Right. It's not like, you know, normal lip syncs or something on All Stars where they're splitting a cash prize or something. Right. Like, I don't there's there's no more prize. They're, they're, they don't seem to be basing anything on track record in their decision making. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like Jackie would have been in the bottom last week. So. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, whatever. So the winners are Chick LaFay and Chakra 7, which congratulations to Chick LaFay only. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chick LaFay only. And then the lip sync ends up being um, Jackie Wood and Donna Bellissima, which I don't fully agree with. I think it should have been Millie and Jackie. Yeah. Um, They just seem to hate all the props, and I think they knew since... She was told not to use so many props, and she did it anyway. That that's that's a very rude, punishable thing. So I yeah. feel like that's probably the reasoning for that. So I understand it. Yeah. So they lip sync to "Ain't Nothing Going On But the Rent" by Gwen Guthrie, and Jackie's just a goner from the jump. Like the song starts, and she's already given up. She doesn't know the words. She's not bothering to lip sync them. She's barely yeah. moving, and. Like, the writing's on the wall where Donna did well the first two weeks and this week. Like, she she did well this week. This was yeah. her strongest week. I agree. And they gave her good critiques, so I don't really understand why she's in the... Okay. I'm annoyed. But regardless, Jackie <laughs> knew that she was leaving, so, like, she didn't even try, which is frustrating in its own right. Um, And, like, do you really... You're on a fucking TV show, and you're not doing the bare minimum. Like, when the bare minimum is sit down, let people put you in drag, learn the words to one song, and go out there and lip sync it, you didn't do two of those three things. Right. And that's really annoying to me personally. Um, but Jackie goes home, and it's revealed to, of course, be Tom Felicia from Queer Eye. And... Yeah, and I love Carson's excuse. Oh, I forgot my glasses. No, you knew the whole time. <laughs> ay ay. Yeah, Carson said, I wasn't sure the first week, which, again, gives us a little bit of a clue that the judges may not see their clue packages. The judges may just I see the performance. I don't care. If I personally can pick out Tom <laughs> Felicia and I cannot pick out shit from shit, then Carson, his best friend, would hear that and see that and say, that is Tom. There's no question. It well, looks yeah. like Tom. Yeah, and I, you know, Carson did say, like, okay, yeah, I knew it was you. Um, and yeah, so Tom goes home. Uh, Jackie would uh, would not get to stay another week. Meh. <laughs> Dad jokes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, next week we are down to uh, six. Do you have predictions of who's going home next? Um,. Personally, I think it could be Thirsty or Millie, and they probably are going to throw Donna in the bottom, too. So I think it kind of depends on what Donna does, if she 
wins them over or not. But I think right now those are my bottom three. Yeah, I'm very concerned by just how bad Millie was this week because it really colored like I keep forgetting that we really did like her the first two performances because this week's was just so bad I know like honestly for like the worst of the week was Jackie because nothing about it made sense and it was boring and Tom didn't try but like the outright worst of like that it was hard to watch because it was so bad, like that it was styled poorly, it was bad choreography, it was badly executed, was Millie, which is very surprising, I think. Yeah, but frankly, I can't even recall paying attention to anything other than trying to figure out if she was pregnant or not. So shocker to me was in the bottom leaning already, and I didn't understand how in the world they deduced that she should be top. So, I mean, I think she's in the bottom, too. Honestly, it's between Chick and Poppy for the win. And I think between third is probably Donna um, or Thirsty. I'm wondering. And so it's confusing to me how this is going to work out. But Yeah, I I agree. I'm wondering if they're going to try to pull some shit. Or like, like I th- not that they're going to pull some shit because Poppy deserves to be in the top. Like, there's no way that she's going to fall so far from grace that she's going to, like, not deserve to be in the top. So I'm wondering if they're going to have a top three of, like, a straight person, a gay person, and a woman. <laughs> and it's basically, like, Poppy's sense. going to be in the top. And then it's Chick and Thirsty competing for, the, and Donna competing for the gay spot. And then it's Millie and Chakra competing for the woman spot. <laughs> Because Drag Race loves to be didactic like that sometimes. Yeah. Where, like, you can kind of, like, like you can watch many seasons of Drag Race and be like, oh, this is the big girl they're sending to the end. Oh, that's the black girl they're sending to the end. Oh, that's the twink they're sending to the end. Like, they tend to, they tend to fulfill uh, tropes in that way. Yeah, and I hate that. I just <laughs> wish everything was, like, real judging. So who is your pick for the win this not this week, but still overall. And did this week sway you at all? Because last week we both were high. We're like, Poppy's winning the whole show. We were bowing down, ready to suck her toes. So like, I know. Do you, do, are you still but thinking Chick-a-Fay Poppy is the winner? But made such a good showing this week. Um, I think Poppy is still going to pull it out because I think she just got scared this week. And so I think she like got knocked down from being on an 11 because she was just like, how do I top myself? And I think that often like strangles people at the last minute Mm -hmm. so i think when she made it through that i think she'll do better i agree but i it's so hard to tell because like obviously we can go from loving millie last week to hating her this week because of just how different and awful it was comparatively true same with poppy i mean i don't think it deserved anything better than safe this week either true i mean look at last week chick lafay had a wonderful first week and then didn't have a bad six second week, but just was like let down so much by wardrobe and styling and yeah. like the elements that are out of her control, control, which right. I feel like is also what happened to Millie this week. Um, and like, who knows that could happen to someone else or to one of them again. Yeah. And I mean, no offense to Jujubee, but like how much has she won? <laughs> Not that she's not a great queen. That's not what I mean. But I just feel like Monet makes sense. Brooklyn Heights confuses me a little bit. But Jujubee just seems to always be asked back for all of these things because she'll be there. But not because she's the best candidate. <laughs> okay. So actually, this is a really fun thing to talk about in the last couple minutes that were the, of the podcast. So I agree. Monet Monet won a season and was runner up on the all winner season. So it makes sense for her to like be, you know, doling out drag knowledge. Brooklyn, I feel like is a really interesting choice because in a lot of ways, Brooklyn has gotten what a winner of her season would have gotten as the runner up. So Brooklyn lost season 11 to Evie and it was the two of them in the finale in the final lip sync. And honestly, I thought Brooklyn should have won that season and lip sync as well. But if you look at the things that Brooklyn has done since not winning, it's the things that you would typically think of a winner doing. Like she's the host of Canada's Drag Race. 
Oh, okay. Which is, yes, an international season, but, like, it is one of the seasons that Rue does make appearances on. Like, Rue records their challenge video messages. That's not the case for all the international ones. So Canada's is a little more closely tied to American Drag Race than, like, France or Spain or, um, what's the other one? Italy. And so there is that. But then also Brooklyn was one of the leads in RuPaul's Christmas movie that she did last year on VH1 called The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. And she was a lip sync assassin on All Stars season six. So like they keep inviting her back to do these things. And now as this mentor, in my mind, it's as if they, they're acting as if Brooklyn did win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. And then to see that she lost to Evie and to see how Evie did on this season of, of All Winners. Yeah, I mean, may, I, I was just going to say, maybe that's just how they're going to play it, considering Evie somehow is seen as a winner, but she's just lackluster. I agree. I feel bad because I know it's that, like, her final season because of her illness, and, like, I don't want to take away from that because she is talented in that way. And I think that she definitely showed more sides of her talent in All Stars all winners mm-hmm. than she did in her own season. Um, so I'm not saying she didn't deserve the win because even back then I thought Evie should win. And that thought surprises me because like watching all winners, I was like, why is Evie even on this season? But with all that said, I was not as impressed with Brooklyn Okay. I mean, that whole season, I feel like, was terrible in general. Yeah, it just, like, wasn't a great season to be excited about it. So I feel like I didn't have great feelings about Brooklyn in general. And so I guess that led to my confusion as why she's, like, on here. But this isn't even that serious. So it's not even, like, I care (laughs) that they're not serious. But, like, I feel like there's way better difference in having a backup of Monet Exchange versus Brooklyn. Yeah, I I do think that like it does mean something more like on as in a mentor role for a Brooklyn or a Monet to be your mentor necessarily than a Jujube because even though Jujube is a fan favorite and I mean we could argue till the cows come home. I still think she should have won All Stars five over Shay. Um, but that's just because of the edit they gave her, not necessarily because she did better. <laughs> um, but she is such a favorite and has been around for so long that like having her on it is like fun to see her again kind of vibes. Um, but I mean, like as we saw this week, Juju clearly does not really know what's going on. Right. Like it just, I don't know. Yet she has all of her, well act now not, but until she was the last queen to lose one of her um, mentees. Yeah, but I don't think that's a fair assessment either because <laughs> I think every person is given that one person who's going to go home first. They I mean, split them up that way on purpose. That's true. So I feel like this was just one of those things where Tom was waiting for his time to go home, didn't think he'd win the raffle of getting to go home third, and so he was pouty. True, true. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Anything you want to anything you want to add before we sign off for the week? Um I still think you should watch it if you haven't. Yeah, um it's still fun. Like I even though we're being critical about it, I mean it's still a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I'm starting to feel the length a little more, which is a little bit of a problem for me. It is an hour and a half with commercials. Oh, same. And um, I don't have to watch commercials, so I pity you for that. Yeah, I, I watch this on the VH1 app. So there's, like, I think one minute less of commercials per break. But, like, you know, it doesn't really feel much shorter. <laughs> Which, I mean, it probably is, like, an hour and 20 minutes, maybe, instead of an hour and 30. So it does drag its feet. Um so I'm hoping like they maybe start adding in some more interesting stuff or they do two performances maybe in next week or the week after or something like that. That would be fun. Yeah, or like maybe pair them up or something. 
Yeah, have, um, do something to, to fill all that time. Um, or right. give us more of this untucked shit. I thought that was the best part of the whole episode. I agree, yeah. Like, start interviewing them backstage with Monet, Brooklyn, and Juju and see what they have to say about things. Get yeah. their opinions on everybody else's stuff. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But more interaction. Like, that's why we like Drag Race, too. Like, we want to see the makeup session, them putting on their makeup and bitching to each other. Right, exactly. That's why we see mini challenges that mean nothing, is because we're getting to see them interact with each other and be crazy. <laughs> right, right. All right. Um, RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race airs 8 o'clock on Fridays on VH1, or you can catch up on demand or on the VH1 app. Um, we will be back next week with episode 4 of Secret Celebrity Drag Race and the third episode of Secret TV Critic. Um, and... That's it. Uh, Have a good week, everyone. See ya. Bye.